Hi and welcome to another episode of One and Wisdom. I'm Thomas Lehuang and you're listening to the TL podcast where knowledge is shared and no one takes themselves too seriously. Good afternoon. Hello. Hey, how's everyone going, right? Fantastic. Well oiled machine as always, Luang. You've outdone yourself, mate. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome, Danielle. Thank you. Who the fuck is this? Danielle Boyd. Danielle Boyd, the one and only. Girls, Who are you and what do you want? Post represent. <laughs> yeah. Two yeah. women. Is this the first time we've had two women on, Luang? Yeah. Uh, no, not really. I mean, Chris. Chris. Oh, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Two people that identify as a woman. He's not a. He's not he's here. Like a female energy that sometimes we. <laughs> no. Well, I just well, spoke to Chris. Oh, he's enjoying his dance concert. He's yeah. He's he's performing in the third act. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well. So so he couldn't be here this week. So what did he do? He just invited Danielle, especially about this week's subject, which I think is a big subject because mm-hmm. I think um, quite often we don't think about these things until maybe it's either it's too late or it's getting really important. And suddenly that resets all the values. But let's not get into that. Let's not worry about that here. This is a very important week. Yes. So why don't we More just... important than your health. <laughs> no. Daniel, what's your wine for the week? You know you have to bring one. I'm sure that Chris has been... Uh, uh, what is it? Coaching you? Yes, yes. I picked a Shiraz from Briar Ridge at the Hunter Valley. Ah, yes. Lovely. What Sorry. What year is it? 2018. Okay. Did Tell Chris us a little bit about it. Well, Chris just said, "Get wine and jump on." <laughs> said, okay, Chris. Thank you, Chris. <laughs> it that if if you lose, it's Chris actually who's lost. Is is that how it works? Yeah, well, I'm the guest. All right, okay. Well, did he tell you what? No, just hang on a second. I'm smelling a stitch up. Did he tell? Did he tell you what wine to get? No, all he said. That wasn't what was meant to happen. He said, "I said, do I have to get wine? Because I know it's wine and wisdom." He goes, "Oh, well, yeah, but." Oh well, Danielle, she's disqualified from the competition, and it's the three of us. (laughs) No, did he tell you a budget? No, literally just. I said, do I need to take wine? And he's like, oh, yeah. I wouldn't have even come with wine. Well, that's not fair. I'm not getting done under, but I'm not getting done in by that. Yeah, well. Between we'll... me and you, Lou. Between you and I, you reckon? Oh, well, I suppose, well, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So for anyone who doesn't know, if I lose this, if anyone but Louise loses this week, I'm out. I'm, I'm, it's my shout. So Again. We, need, we need Lou to come last. All right, let's have a look at Lou's wine. Let's have a look at Lou's wine. Won't happen this week. As I said, I've I've outdone it, I think. At least you remembered um, it this week. I've never forgot once. We've had so, that, haven't we? Can you see? I've got the Ben Borney, Jim Barry, 2005, Clare Valley, Cab Sav. So I don't know if any... 2005? 2005, proof is right there in the pudding. For $100. Dan Murphy's club member, 9599. Mm. Made it. Mm-hmm. Mm. What do you have to say about that, Cameron? That's a, that's a normally an, a well- 
Yeah, yeah. Anyway, we'll, we'll... Are you Googling Dan Murphy? <laughs> <laughs> no, I was trying to get my internet to work. 2005 for under 100 bucks. Absolutely, Dan Murphy's. I don't know whether I was just lucky and got it on special. These must be average. It must be average. It actually said, it actually said on the little slip, you know how they do the little spiels? It actually said, if this is not the best cab sav in the shop, we don't know what is. So I was like, I was well surprised because everything around it was, you know, much more expensive than that. I think that James. I, I, I kept the receipt just for Cameron. I think that James <laughs> is in danger there. All right, Cam, what, what's yours, man? Well, I win the label and I win the name. Penfold. Ah, so this is a this is from Molly Ducker Wines, and I've got to say, mollyducker Jump on it; it's the best wine website I've found so far for a wine. This is called the Carnival of Love. I thought it's our last one for the year. I'm sharing the love. It's a 2018 McLaren Vale Shiraz called the Carnival of Love. Look at the logo on it. So it's the same as what Chris had. Two, two wine and wisdoms ago. No, he hasn't had the carnival of love. No chance. Okay. We'll I did. You know what? I did have a. I did have a nightmare. This is how much this gets to me. I'm like, I think Cruz had this wine, but there's no way you'd remember the carnival of love. It was Molly Ducker, but I can't remember the name. But we. we no, we, well, that's disappointing because I thought it was an original. But we'll check. We'll check. Don't worry. Anyway, it uh, comes with absolute rave reviews, and I've had to air. It's been airing for the last twenty-five minutes because I had a warning from the guy at the shop. So okay. Well, I'm, I'm not in danger at all this week, but I thought, now do you know what? I still am going to go for a bottle because mine just has to beat Louise, and then she's in danger. And it's an Italian wine, 2018. Um, it's uh, made from uh, Montepulciano uh, grapes, so which is the uh, second most uh, dispersed grapes in Italy from central region of Italy. So it should be bold. It should be pretty good uh, and, and, and very much in the middle, not too acidic, not too much tannin. You know, everything's really like well balanced. Let's see. All right. So I took the cork off about uh, half an hour ago just to make sure it's got a bit of time to breathe. Me too. Oh, let's, let's dig in. Let's dig in. Let's dig in. Oh, oh this is a nice color. Mm. Hey, Wills, you better get a good scoring of your wine, otherwise you're in danger, man. Oh, mate, I, mate, this might be the first round that someone's been disqualified every single go because if this is the same as Chris's from the other week, I'm going again. Well, no, no. Oh, God, that's I don't think it's the same. I think it's the same house, maybe. But I reckon we'd remember the Carnival of Love, baby. Mm. All right, cheers, then Danielle. Good having you here. Cheers. Peace. Mm. Cheers, guys. Cheers. Wow. So, oh, so a oh. subject this week. A subject this week is: Do we put work before health? Um, big subject. I think we're possibly all a little bit guilty of that at times, without doubt. I don't know um, what you're talking about, mate. It's all work first. <laughs> Danielle, <laughs> just giving you a warning. Does things hey, like I'm definitely health, definitely health first, eh? You're a picture of health. Look at that. Hey, look well, at that. I'm gonna need more wine. <laughs> yeah, you certainly will. The carnival of love, baby. <laughs> uh, uh, 
But yeah, look, it, it's, a, it's obviously a very serious topic. As we know, we've had uh, a couple of people within our own network um, with some health issues recently and um, unexpectedly as well, which always comes as a bit more of a shock. And we know the ones, I know we all work hard, but those who have been ill recently have particularly work hard. And, um, you know, I think everything in life, um, particularly like things like this comes as a bit of a, wake up call, I suppose, and a time to reflect and reset and look at priorities, I suppose. Yeah. yeah. Oh, tell us a little bit about you and then... Is there anyone here that doesn't have any health issues? As what, sorry? I was just about to say, is there anyone sitting here that doesn't have any health issues at the moment? Yeah, me, I don't have any. I know Luang's about to, he's not real good. <laughs> I'm definitely struggling. I know Danielle's got some issues. Are you all right, Lou? Yeah, as far as I know, I mean, I've got it. I've got a, you know, minor things that we aren't going to kill me. But um, you know, I'm I've... going to work's clearly not one of them. <laughs> what? <laughs> We're okay. off early. Don't start. All right. But yeah. Look. So one I'm... that. So ours are Thomas and mine are self-inflicted, right? So let's talk to someone who's isn't self-inflicted. Danielle, do you want to give us a bit of your story? Yeah. Sure. So Crohn's disease, as um, you guys know, diagnosed at 13, quite a young age, uh, in and out of the hospital throughout the teenage years, trying to get things sorted, uh, didn't quite work. I had to go in and had multiple surgeries, uh, which ended in an ileostomy bag. So they took the whole large intestine. There was a few complications after that, but I think I got to about, it was in between 21 and 23 where I really started to come good and get a handle on life and, and move forward, which was great. I started in real estate at 21. So I've worked full time since then. But I was thinking today, like this topic, it's funny, you know, yeah, I've got this health issue and you kind of battle it, but you do push it to the side because it's, you're not defined by it. It's not who you are. It's, it's not that at all. And it's not until you feel yourself starting to drop and you're like, no, like it's not, I'm not going to let this affect me. And then, so you do, you do put work before your health. I a hundred percent do. Cause you're like, no, I'm not going to let this stop me. Like I've got this on today. I've got that on today. And you, it's your everyday life. So you put that first and it's not until you're in a position where it's crap. I can't put work first today. Yeah. Yeah. And I suppose for you um, as well, you've had this since 13. How old are you now, Danielle? 29. Yeah. So you've had that for half your life, basically, or more. Yeah. Um, so it becomes normal. Like, that's it's me. That's normal. But it's kind of, you do, you push it aside. Mm, mm, yeah. But do you think sometimes work makes your symptoms worse? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Especially stress. Like stress is the biggest thing that'll bring on any sort of health related problem, right? Absolutely. Besides, besides yeah. wine. But yeah. no. So it's really interesting because I think Don't you say things. <laughs> I think it's, you know, because you you've had this for so long and, and you've learned to live with it and you've learned to adapt your life around it, including working and things like that. I guess it's different for people who have a sudden onset or a sudden accident or something happens and that that changes things completely for them. Um, but you've obviously learned to adapt 
with the illness around your everyday life to juggle but I'm sure stress and and work as you've just said would make things worse for you having that yeah yeah definitely I think because like you said you know I have had it and juggled it for so long it becomes it becomes a part of your everyday life so you do just go okay yep you know I might not be so great today I have stressed a lot I know I know why I feel like this yeah so you can kind of pull back a little bit but in saying that you can't some days either Mm. but we still do because work is everything where like it, it does become you know you get up and you go to work and you do this and that is your routine that is your everyday life mm. so if you're not feeling 100% that day well let's, let's just get through today let's go to work let's get through it and just hope for the best tomorrow yeah I mean I think what you're saying I agree with some things but I think you know I I used to be what I think most people would consider a workaholic. You're working hour upon hour every day, seven days a week. But I think that's where I've made a change with me because my health, I noticed my health started to decline in certain periods of my life and, you know, different stages, I suppose. And that's where I realised I've actually, and I think most people are, you know, thinking like this these days as well, you've actually, work is important, but it's not everything. Because without your health, you don't have a job anyway you know so that's I had to make that shift in my mind to because I probably yeah my body probably would have broke down on me you know yeah yeah definitely I think it takes like yes I have health things that I battle every day but it also takes seeing someone else hit breaking point where you go whoa like I've really got to look after myself because I've already got exactly yeah yeah yeah. Mm, yeah. Let, let, let me ask you, you, you had it at 14, right, which is now a, a, an important age. That, has it, how did it impact you then? Um, a lot. I was in and out of hospital throughout my whole teenage years. So I didn't, I didn't finish high school. I didn't, you know, go to parties. I didn't have a lot of friends, anything like that. I had to grow up really quickly. And um, I got told quite a lot that I was quite mature for my age. And I think that's why is because when you get hit with something like that and your whole life is turned around and I'd never been to hospital before. I hadn't had tests done. I didn't even know what Crohn's disease was. So you've gone from, I've just become a teenager to your life's now in hospital. What, what exactly is Crohn's, Danielle? Like what, how does it actually affect the body? It's basically your good cells attack, your bad cells attack your good cells. So it's your whole digestive system. So it affects like your whole, the whole way through basically. And it just, your body just attacks itself. Wow. Yeah. And isn't everything that you read these days and what, what I'm learning anyway, a lot of everything about our um, biology begins in our gut. Yeah. You know, I've read a lot about, you know, good gut health determines a lot about your actual overall health. So yeah, wow, that's that's amazing. Yeah, they don't know if it's hereditary. It's not with me. I don't know where it's come from. Uh, no. They don't know what causes it, where it comes from. So there's no cure or anything like that. They just have to try and treat it. Yeah. Mm. And so, did you go through that uh, period of poor me or why me? 
I think as a teenager, I did a lot, especially when my new friends were having parties and, and everything like that. And I missed out on it. I think it was more the through high school was, you know, this isn't fair. What is this? Mm. And then having at 16, I mean, 16 is, is that age alone is hard. Yeah. But then I've had all these surgeries and then an ileostomy bag. So I've now got like scarring and, you know, a bag stuck to my stomach. And it's not only am I trying to find out who I am, if I'm healthy, if I'm not, but what is this? Like, yeah. this is not a teenage girl body. Yeah. But then it's the whole mental process with that where, you know, you're trying to you know, self-confidence at a teenage age, like, and then mm. on top of that, that was really hard. Yeah. I think once I got to the old age where I started to become healthy and, you know, pushed it aside where I was like, you know, Corinne doesn't define who I am. I, this is my life and I'm going to live that. That's where I pulled myself out of it and that's kind of where you brush it aside a little bit. How did you get to that stage? Did you have special people around you? Did you have great support? I mean, uh, or, or did you just wake up one day and made the decision? Because that, that is then an amazing human being, right? I did have it was my mom actually one day she just said to me she was like this is it this is you you either let it control you or you control it and it stuck and I was like yeah well I'm going to control it like it's not going to control me anymore I've already lost years Mm. go mom good mom yeah Mm. or was it around when you were around 21 because you said that you came good around 21 23 was it around that time yeah, that's where I really started to get a lot better. Um, I think that's that was around that time where I've gone, I'm not letting this control me anymore. So you don't do the, you know, well, I can't go to the beach. I can't get a job. I can't do this. You know, I'm sick. I've got an illness, you know. So you, mm. you change that mindset and you get out of it. And I was like, okay, well, what do I want to do? Mm. I want to get into real estate. I studied real estate full-time at TAFE. Had a, a job on the side that I'd do when I wasn't at TAFE. And then got my foot in the door and, and then that's been it. I just started building my career from there. So I think it's you, you start to build that life and you've got focus. Yeah, yeah. And so what, you you put Crohn's behind your, you, 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 you give everything to real estate and then what? Uh, it hasn't bothered you since? Not really. I had a couple of little minor things between 21, 23. Yeah. Um, just that wasn't stress or work related or anything that was just complications with the Crohn's um, that you couldn't control so there's a couple little surgeries with that but from then on yeah I touch wood I've I've been quite lucky Mm -hmm. because some some people are watching this for a moment and they're probably going now if that happened to me because what you have is going to be with you for the rest of your life right yeah Many of these people are going to say, I'm sorry, if that's got an uh, issue with me, I, I, I will now look after myself for the rest of my life. I will do things that are going to be either calming, soothing for myself, never put myself in position of, of stress. And here you, you're getting into a field that is totally the opposite. It's This is, we're running. And not only we're running every day at the I'm end of calm and soothed, mate. I don't know what you're talking about. Real estate's very calming and very soothing. What are you going on about? <laughs> Walk in the park. I'm soothed. With you. <laughs> I'm soothed. soothed. Yeah. Yeah. Do you think so? I mean, 
as I said to you, so your issues and my issues are self-inflicted, right? We haven't been looking after ourselves, and I blame real estate because the day I started real estate, I was the fittest bloke on the planet. It only took three months for me to turn into a mess. So I'm blaming real estate, but we're people who weren't, we're people who weren't born with a disease or, or have a, a lifelong issue where people have done this to ourselves and will yeah. quite often put work first. Well, I have done for the last six years. It's all been work, work yeah. and work. And because of that, health issues have developed. It's almost, but yeah. you see people who are dealing with serious diseases. We've got, you know, we've got some diabetics in the network. We've got obviously Danielle with Crohn's. We've got yeah. some people who, and we see it all the time that, people overcoming adversity to do the job, whereas we sort of take it for granted and then just let ourselves get sick. And it, it probably makes people like Danielle mm. um, feel a bit disgusted in us mere mortals who let ourselves, who run ourselves into the ground and, and, um, and then complain, right? Cause, cause we complain about being tired and unhealthy and stressed and high blood pressure. We'll try doing it with Crohn's disease, I suppose, or, so why do we do it to ourselves? Why do we? I don't know. So I disagree there because I feel like recently I've done it to myself too. I've, I've hit a wall. I've got myself to the point where it's just like I can feel myself coming down. It's like, so I do it too. Even though I have the illness, I know it's there. But because you you don't let it define you, you don't want to be like, oh, you know, I have an illness. I've got to, you know, be careful. You want to be treated like everyone else. You want to be able to work as hard as everyone else. So yeah, but yeah. you didn't make yourself sick. The point I'm saying is you didn't make yourself sick. You know, I've, I've made myself sick. I'm the reason I've got high blood pressure. I'm the reason I'm overweight. I'm the reason um, okay. my liver's not. I think you're missing Daniel's point. I think that uh, what Daniel is trying to say is that even though she had all of that and, and, and um, at some stage she found some kind of new normal, if you will, but then she's also running the same kind of treadmill we do, even though she's got that kind of life-threatening situation. So I think that in some ways, the, the debate we're having is almost the same. You know, you, let's, I think that whether she's conquered, uh, she's conquered her predicament or not, she's actually running the same kind of treadmill every one of us here is doing is that we slowly... No, I'm, I'm probably right up there. <laughs> yeah, that we gradually let work take over bit by bit, and it happens just like maybe one in a, one inch at a time, and then one day we wake up and we go, "Gee, it's taken like 15 foot." Yeah. You know? Yeah. Uh, why do we do it? Why do we? Why do we? What is it in us that? What? What have we been taught? What? How have we been raised? What is it society's put in people? Because not just us, right? No, it's not. The majority. The majority of hardworking. It, uh, probably a very broad statement, but there's outliers in every industry and in every job. But the majority of hardworking yeah. Aussies do it to the detriment of their own health, whether it is only stress or whether it, you know, it, it drives them to drink or drives them to eat too much food or mm. or not exercise. In my case, it's a it's a non-exercise thing. Why? Where's it come from? Oh, I think it's probably a combination of things. I think, um, and I think we all get on this treadmill and. Half the time we don't know. We're not on the treadmill. That's the problem. If we were on the treadmill, we wouldn't be having this discussion. <laughs> you know what I'm saying. But we get on this, we get in a rut. Let's let's call it a rut then, where we we just a go, 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 and life's happening and everything else is happening. And, you know, you, you don't even realise it. Like Thomas said, you wake up one day and you think, how the hell did I get into this position? You know, you hit overwhelm, you hit overload, you hit burnout. Um, 
and everybody does it everybody's guilty of it i'm sure but i think you know some people hide it some people can disguise it and um you know they they vent in other ways and whatever but I, look i i i don't know whether some people do it for um okay some people work themselves hard because they have goals other some people don't have goals some people who's you know, dog that would be mine and can i shoot it <laughs> of a very small dog very tasty <laughs> i don't yeah i don't think I don't think the problem starts with being in a rut. I think you, you end up in a rut, but I don't feel like I've been in a rut for the last six years. I feel like I've been working absolutely flat out because there's shit yeah. that needs to be done. Yeah. And and you know, I'm sure Thomas broken. doesn't feel like he's been in a rut because he loves his job, but because he loves his job so much, he doesn't sleep. He doesn't eat the right things. And okay. let's grab that. I think we're, let's go, let's go back to Daniel. I, I just need to find out from Daniel, you get a, Hello, the real values in life is this. Mm. But then somehow at the age of 29, you just get mesmerized by something and you're back on the same square as the three of us. What is it? I oh, it's the societal way we're raised, right? Like, you know, you get a job, you work hard, you buy a house, you do this, you do that, you meet someone, you get married, you have kids, like especially men you know you go to work and you provide for your family it doesn't matter if you're sick it doesn't matter what you that's what you do and now we're coming into a society where females can do this too you know we're allowed to go we're allowed to work hard we can provide for ourselves and our families and i think it's the way that it's society it's the way we're raised it's it doesn't matter you're sick doesn't matter you go work yeah yeah it is. I agree with you. It's just the done thing, and that's what we're supposed to do. You know, yeah. that's that's what I find. You know, it especially and and for men too, because like I see it with um, my partner, and I see it with most other men. They work really damn hard, and so do a lot of women. But you know, I watched Steve get home at nine thirty last night, absolutely exhausted, could barely walk in the door with his eyes open, and I think, why? You know yeah. why? You know, I look at my dad, he's a jib rocker and he's done it since he left school and he can hardly move. He can hardly, he gets home and he can hardly stand up. And it's like, you're not even close to retirement age yet. Like how, how do our bodies get all the way through to retirement when we work the way we work? Exactly. And you know, like with Steve, just going back to the point I was trying to make before, he, he can't say no. He's a people-pleasing machine. He loves to help. He loves to save the day for everybody. So he can't say no. And so, but he does it to the detriment of his own health and well-being. And that's the problem I find. Some people are like that. Um, some people are control freaks. Some people can't let anybody else do anything. They've got to handle it all themselves. So, you know, they'll rather work two more hours in the office rather than delegate it to somebody else because they have to do it, you know. So there's lots of reasons why, I think. Um, I think it's, well, I, I take the compliment, ladies. Thank you, men. We do work oh. hard and we do provide and we do put the food on the table. So thank you. Thank you we for that. But it's all, it's, it's all of us, right? We all sacrifice our health for for everything like my my wife works just as hard in the business she gets home earlier but she hasn't stopped by the time we get home because there's kids and housework that i won't do and dinners and all that sort of shit and by the time she's finished she hasn't got time to get on the treadmill either so right. why i'm more interested in why we do it why is 
obligation put in front of whether we actually stay alive or not to do it. Okay. How about this? I was reading a thing the other day. You know what it said? We've got a guess, and we, we don't know much about our guests. So can I just slow down? Sorry. You said you want to be a guest, TL. You said, please do it. I just want to be a guest. So you go. Why are you getting yourself from making a decision at the 21 and now working against that decision at 29? I think you get stuck on a path and, you know, you buy a property or you buy a car or you want to go overseas and you, you do, you have these goals and it's like, you know, if I work hard now, I don't have to work hard later. But when is later? Do you even make it to later? Exactly. You shocked the crap out of me when you said at the beginning, work is everything. Yeah. Like, I, I get it. If I said it, because my father, if he catches me uh, sitting down doing something, uh, I, I'd be bashed the crap out of myself and then go to work. But I'm, I'm just thinking someone like you who's just realized, hold on, life is short. Right? At, at the age of 40, this is what all the things have been taken from me. I managed to just turn it around, 21, just be strong. And then you come out with a line, work is everything. Is it? Because I talk about to, to all new recruit, work is part-time, living is full-time. We, we are in full-time living, part-time work, not the other way around. Mm. Mm. I think I, when I said it and you like this just conversation is because I, at that young age, decided this isn't going to you know define who I am. I'm going to create this life for myself. And that life for myself was I want to work in real estate. So it has... I agree with what you're saying, work isn't everything, and I do say that myself a lot, but it's got me to where I am because it's given me focus. And I was always told you wouldn't work full-time. And I go pick what one of those stressful industries to get into. No, it's not stressful. It's fun. It's calm. It's very it's a, calm. I'm soothed. <laughs> we, 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 we keep making it stressful. I think it's just fun. Real estate is the funniest kind of oh. <laughs> Oh, yeah. I had some funny conversations today. They were hilarious. <laughs> hilarious. So, so I'm going to ask you, because my brother had leukemia, I had to fly back to Belgium and give him uh, the marrow. And the idiot, after he uh, was saved, uh, started smoking. So is there anything such as some of you guys, people who actually fight something as as life-threatening as what you have or cancer like my younger brother, you develop some kind of Superman syndrome where just like nothing can get to me. If this can't get to me, nothing can get to me. I can conquer anything. And then does it mean that pride takes over and, you've, and it overrules your values? I think you don't want to wrap yourself in cotton wool. If you've come close to losing your life, you want to live your life. Okay, don't put yourself in extreme danger, but you have a different whole, you have a different outlook. It's like I'm not going to tiptoe around and live this quiet, mediocre life when I've been given a second chance. So I'm going to go live it. If that means you know, smoking or you know, drinking, whatever it is, you they generally you do it in moderation. You're not you're not too crazy, but you don't. There is no way I want to wrap myself in cotton wool. Like that's not living. Yeah, very, very brave of you. So can you just define for us, what is a mediocre life? I think it would be different for everyone. I'm going to be... Because you said 
you know, you don't want to live a mediocre life. So I just want to know, what is a mediocre life? If you've fought for your life and you've got to keep it, you don't want to just kind of, like I said, tiptoe through life and just not enjoy it. Given a chance, like you want to, you know, take chances. You want to just enjoy it. Mm. Nice. Mm. Yeah. This is deep stuff. I, I like this one. It's making me deep today. Yeah, I'm going really deep. <laughs> So, Danielle, do you have big plans for the future? Yes, actually. I um, I set my goals every year. I sit mm -hmm. down and I, and I do my goals and I hit them every single year. And next year I've decided I'm not doing any big ticket items, no big financial rewards this time. I, um, I think with COVID and the biggest one for me and I think all of us has been Rod um, mm. you know having someone go through what they've just gone through it wakes me up too as long as with everyone else so it's kind of That's goal nice. setting next year will be more living and enjoying life itself I uh, was going to book a trip for overseas but then we've had this other scare of COVID so I'm not quite sure if I'll do that but there's a few places in Australia that I want to see and few family around Australia that I want to see and just more being in the moment and enjoying those things rather than hitting these big goals. Having more of a mediocre life? <laughs> no, no. <laughs> just appreciating more of the now. Yeah, yeah. All right, Danielle, we've just had the time now to have at least one glass. So I'm not going to start asking you questions that may be a bit uncomfortable, but I warned you before you get on, it's going to be uncomfortable. As everyone's warned before he does that, because mine is unbelievable. Unbelievable. I'm still waiting for the score. Once I get the score, we'll get it. But what about uh, your love life? How's it going? Um, pretty bad at the moment. Carnival of love, baby. <laughs> Carnival of love. Um, oh, look, I've ha I have had a, I've had a great love life. Um, it's more recently that I'm, I'm <laughs> on my own and doing this whole life on my own thing, but the Crohn's and the illness and, you know, all that hasn't affected that. I was with someone for five and a half years. We were engaged. We were meant to get married. Only that we decided we got together quite young and wanted different things from life. Um, the next part of that was two and a half years. We bought a house together. We traveled. So I've had like some pretty good long-term relationships. So just to be clear, your definition of a great love life is that you're currently single. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've had a couple of, um, just to be clear, <laughs> you said your love life has been quite great. And I'm just, I, I don't know. I like, we are so hard hitting. We are so hard hitting questions here. I'm on Muslim. So I can't, can't let you off. Look. <laughs> Just like uh, uh, for, for <laughs> very very comfortable, very comfortable. So what's what would be a mediocre love life thing? Being single is <laughs> yeah. awesome. Is falling in love with herself this year. She just told you that next year is all about her, isn't it, Danielle? Yeah. Just. Jumped yeah. in and saved the day. I get it. I get that was, it. Yeah. it was this year too. This you year disappoint me, Louise. Yeah. You disappoint me. <laughs> That's normally Danola's job to be a suck up to everybody. <laughs> Look at him, He's dancing right now. 
Yeah. All right. Okay. So listen, it's quite nice. It's quite nice. So let's let's go through this. One of our leaders just had a life-threatening kind of issue. I think he was a fittest in our, in our group. So I think it, it has reset a lot of priorities in a lot of our, our team members' life. What did it do to you? Um, when I saw the message come through, I just, I froze. I was actually, believe it or not, out on a boat while wakeboarding and camping and it was this great weekend and I've just, it shook me. I have read the message and I've gone, of all people that mm. could have a stroke, like, and that's where, and I couldn't stop thinking about it. Like, he, he did not leave my mind until, like, I knew that he was okay and still now, like, mm. It really just, I think, it shook me as much as it shake you guys. It yeah. just, it stops you dead in your tracks and you go, I have one body and I need to look after it. Yeah. Where's the sense in that? This is the thing. I don't know. I've been battling, not battling with it, but the common sense in me goes, he was the fittest bloke we know in our network. Mm. So then what's the point? Because we put Luang on this massive health kick, which dragged me into a massive health kick, and I've had to ride a bike and eat water and drink <laughs> lettuce. And uh, I'm thinking, why? If you can be that fit, as fit as Rod is at 50 years old and still get smacked yeah. in the face like that, then what's the point? Yeah, why should we go for fitness? Hey? What's the point of what, though? What are you saying? Like, what's the point of being healthy? Why not work ourselves to the bone? What's the point? No, because we're saying that all of a sudden, all, all of a sudden we saw someone who's fit have a stroke and we've yeah. all gone, oh, shit, we better take better care of ourselves. He took the best care of himself. But so yeah. wouldn't the common sense that argument be, well, let's just live how we want to live and to hell with the rest because if it's going to get you, it's going to get you anyway? Yeah. I think it, Sorry, it shook us, but, like, I mean, besides Thomas, like, has anyone gone on a health kick? Like, it's not saying. Yeah, I've lost six kilos. It. I didn't do as well as TL, but I've got less time on my hands. Yeah, he's fit and everything like that. But it's not just the way that, you know, you exercise. And it's the whole other side of it. Like exactly. the way the stress that we put on ourselves, not the food we put in our mouths. And not that the fact that he plays football three times a week or trains five days a week or whatever it is. I totally agree with what you're saying because I think stress is so bad for us. And people... If, I was, I was reading a thing during the week and when we verbalize how we're feeling, like there's some people, you know, you, you and you'll all know them. There's people that always say, oh, I'm so overwhelmed. I'm so angry. I'm so frustrated. I'm so stressed. I'm so stressed. When we actually verbalize these things, it actually changes the, the, the um, biology in our body. Like how we start acting that way. We start our emotions, our hormones, everything start flowing to actually, um, prove true what we're verbalizing you know and and I think I just that was so powerful for me when I read that this week because I thought I'm guilty of that myself how many times do I go oh, I'm so stressed I'm so overwhelmed this is um, it's so hard I've really made a change just from reading that last week to now to being careful of what I say but it's even just what we say can affect our health yeah. you know so that's a small thing or a big thing depending on how you look at it but if you're in a let's take Rod's example right he's generally a positive bloke yeah mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. most of the time 
He is. He so is. what's his options there? He's in a he's in real estate, which we've already agreed is calm and soothing. So for calm and soothing industry, no stress whatsoever. But what do you do? So do you what do you do? Your health's starting to fail. Do you change jobs all of a sudden? Is you're changing industries? Where the the topic That's, we're talking about is work or health, work uh, or health. What are we doing? The overall picture. You got to look at the big picture of Rod's life, and you know they've got Bobby Joe, who you know is. Obviously, she's got Rett's disease and or Rett's syndrome, whatever it's called, and you know that takes a massive, um, you know, ugh, like how they how they deal with that is just incredible. But it takes a twenty four seven. Yeah, so that that can't be changed, right? I'm talking about the stuff we can change. It's that and 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 dealing with that and everything else. It's the everyday stress. You know, their eldest daughter's about to have a baby. You know, there's lots happening in their life. We don't know. I wonder if we asked Rod two weeks before he actually had a stroke, if he actually felt stressed, what his answer would be, you know. Um, yeah. Yeah. They are. I but the daughter, saying, his family stuff, he can't change. Work, he can change, right? I, well, I get yeah. what you're saying. Like, with the stresses you have in life, like all of, all of Rod's or anything that we have going on right now, can you change them? No, but can you change the way you look at them and perceive them and how you take it on? Yes. Mm. And I think that's where you need to put that side of it first. Okay. You're not going to go, I'm not going to, you know, okay, I wake up tomorrow and I've had a flare up and look out, I've got to go for surgery. I'm not going to, you know, call you guys and be like, that's it. I quit real estate. I'm going to go be a checkout chick or something that doesn't have the stress that it has been a manager. You just, it stops and goes, okay. Why am I stressed? That's why I'm stressed. Well, I can't control that today. So you don't take it. But it's all training. It's all mindset. It is. It is. And I think too, like Rod probably would say that he was stressed, but Rod probably didn't realize how stressed he was as well. You know, um, I think that's the thing as well. And it happened so suddenly as well. And thank God Jody was with him and acted so quickly. But he probably didn't realize how stressed he actually was um, because a lot of people too, they, they feel stressed, but they don't define it as stress. Rod's probably the hardest worker in that office without doubt, you know? And so if he probably wouldn't define how he was feeling as stressed, he would probably say busy, you know, he'd probably say uh, things are great. Our office is on fire because that's his way of dealing. But reality he was probably overly stressed, you know, um, and that's the thing, like, mm. uh, put in. Yeah. No, no, we're listening, we're listening. So how do you handle stress? Uh, Daniel, you said things happen, but really in, in life, stress doesn't really exist. I mean, we don't live in the savannas, like we don't have lions like running after us, that's stress, yeah? Uh, so we, we, all we have is we go to work, there's things that happens, there's people who say to us things and uh, they, they, they disagree with us, they take listings away from us or they, a, a sale crashed or you're, you're the manager of Wisebury and Tari, therefore there are things that sometimes happen for, for the best, sometimes doesn't happen. So what is stress for you? Um, with work would be... Like all of it, but some days workload. Workload is stressful. It, the it, real estate, the whole industry is stressful, but it's not no, just. It's, it's not. Yeah. 
You just said it's the mindset and the way you deal with it. You can't then turn around four seconds later and blame the job. No, I just, I just tried to, I tried to go outside, down that alley. It's your outside life too, right? Like it's not just your job that causes what we call stress. We spend most of our time at work. Yes. Yeah. No. Yeah, we do. But then you can come, come home and, and get a straight answer. But yes, we spend most of our time there, but that doesn't mean that's most our stress. Mm. So now real estate's not stressful because a I second ago you just said the whole job I, is stressful. I just said it doesn't mean it causes most of our life stresses. Mm. I um. <laughs> what causes your stress? Well, it depends what day you ask me and what happened that day. Take a typical day. Let, let's say uh, two days ago. Two days ago, I was yeah, at work. Yesterday. Yesterday, I was having quite a few drinks and dancing, so I was great. With yeah, a broken foot. You were stressing your body with drinks. With a broken foot. <laughs> with a broken foot. Yeah. I, I just don't know. You still haven't answered that question, but I, I got to have to say to you this. You know, I think that work gives us meaning. This is why... A lot of us actually can just dedicate our entire life to work because meaning is what people go for. I, I think that a lot of people like say, oh, I just want to go for happiness. That's that's not what we go for. I think we go for fulfillment and work as a vehicle for me to, to get meaning brings as a side effect fulfillment. Now, I personally don't believe that stress exists. Unless you, as I said to you already, unless your life is in danger. And this is why I, I was really looking forward to speaking to you because I'm not saying your life is in danger, but you have experienced out of the four of us, something that is the closest to life threatening, you know? And so that is stressful. When, when, when you're lying in the bed and you go, I am on something that will be for the rest of my life. Yeah. And the one of the things that they say in my category of illness is do not have stress, right? And so, yes, the ability that you have to change the meaning of things that happen to you. And they say that life is not what happens to you, it's what, what you think of what happens to you. So that determines stress, right? I'm, I'm so, so interested. Now, here, here you go. You, you, you go to work. I'm, I'm going to put you in that position. You go to work. A salesperson who was meant to be doing his job just resigned. You've got two listings that's gone. You have a sales that's just dropped. You know that your BEP is not there. This month's going to be an abysmal month. How do you handle that, Danielle, when you know I can't let it affect my health? It actually doesn't cross your mind that I can't let it affect my health. You just, I would handle it the same way you guys do. It doesn't cross your mind. You just, keep powering through you got to do what you got to do mm. i don't think it's you don't stop and go oh it's going to affect my health until it's affected your health yeah yeah and i think that's the problem we don't realize it's over time these things accumulate and suddenly you go whoa i need a rest you know yeah mm. Mm. i i um i read something during the week how about this we spend our health gaining our wealth only to spend our wealth regaining our health. And I thought, whoa. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. it's so true because 
you know, all we have is our body. All we have is our health. You know, it's the only place we ever truly live is in our body, you know, and nothing else exists without us and this body, you know. You can't be the best mom. You can't be the best boss, leader, parent, sibling, wife, husband, anything without the body and the health, you know. And, and when I read that, you spend your health gaining your wealth only to spend your wealth regaining your health. And I thought, holy shit, bang. Good you know, it is, it is. And I just thought, you know, so many people are guilty of it. I don't know how how you, like Danielle saying, you just, you just, probably in the back of your mind you go this this is a hard day this is a tough day this might cause me to feel a bit anxious stressful more tired unwell but i have to keep going i cannot stop well, that's you know something. <clears throat> stress isn't the only factor right so do we do we disregard health enough i'll go back to what i was trying to say before we'd rather work 14 hours a day than work 13 and a half hours a day and go to the gym for half an hour because we know it's going to be good for our body yeah. All right. We need, there are certain health, health covers many facets, but there's certain things that have to be done for you to be healthy. You have to exercise, you have to eat right, yep. you have to be in a good mental state of mind. Absolutely. So we, we've talked about the stress side of it, not letting work get to you, but why do we, why do we put work in front of all those other things? We don't eat right because we're working, we might catch something on the go mm. um, because we, we have to, we won't, you know, there's not enough hours in the day sometimes to get up and exercise. I, I prefer sleep, right? Right. If I had to, I do, I've got a choice every morning. I can get up and go for a walk or a run, or I can have an extra hour of sleep. I'm choosing yeah. sleep, man, because I need sleep. Yeah. There's yeah. another major factor in health. But so why, why do we disregard health so much? Because we do, we, we, we disregard it. I think it's just ingrained in us, you know, you get up and you go to work. It's what you got to do. You've got to put food on the table. You've got to, you know, pay your rent. You've got to pay your mortgage. Mm. It's once you get yourself into a position, like you can't live for free. Mm. You can't do it. How do you so say, how do you live? Well, you have to go to work. And that's how we're raised is you go to work and you pay your way. And going back to, sorry, Thomas, um, going back to what you said earlier with regards to some people, they get so much from going to work, even at the detriment of their health, you know, like um, they get their significance, they get their connection. Some people, that's all they have. They don't have a family, you know, they've got nobody to go home to. So they'd rather spend time at work, even if it means 15 hours a day. So I guess a lot of people get a lot from work, even at the expense of their health. But to them, that's well, more important. That's, well, that's me, Lou. Like I come home and it's, it's just me here. So that's what I was saying. My family is in the office. Exactly. Exactly. But you also do, I've seen Instagram, you also do your Pilates or your barret or whatever. Go to the Hunter Valley and get pissed well, on whatever it is. Yeah, yeah. we get it too. Lord. <laughs> yeah, look, I, I do so have to. You're, you're, you're not in the. Cam doesn't yeah, usually. But you also. Oh, <laughs> hey. I said Cam doesn't usually talk like that. Uh, no, no that is- a few more drinks in. <laughs> but I'm more interested in TL's take on it. Why do we disregard yeah. it? We don't have health as our number one value. I remember we did goal setting. It was a few years ago now. It was at Castle Hill RSL, and we were doing goal setting, and you had to we had to list our values, right? Number one value, and then 
one of the statements you made was if health isn't your number one value, well, you need to have a good hard think because without health, you can't have family as a value or yes. anything else. But then you yourself made have, have run yourself, your body into a point where something had to change. So health wasn't your number one value. Why isn't health everyone's number one value? Yeah, because you have desired values and you have lived values. And all of us live on one single program and it's called not good enough. We live on the not good enough program. I'm not good enough for this. I'm not good enough for that. And some people, they've gone through a life-threatening disease and now they go, I'm going to show the world I'm good enough. And now they go out there and they do it. They do it to prove the point. But along the way, they don't realize it. They destroy what they have in their life to prove a point that really nobody cares about. And, and so we keep on going. This is why some people want to get more stuff to prove that they're good enough. Some people want to have more accomplishment to, to prove that they're not good enough. Mate, we are just mesmerized by that desire to be good enough. And the day that we can sit down and can tell ourselves, I'm good enough as it is, the rest is a bonus, then we can really truly live. I think that that's the day that we have to get to. Uh, I, I see people, some people, this is the, the, the question we have, right? Some people, they go through life threatening and they go, I'm going to go out there and take the experience that God gave me, right? Because in, in life, God gives me presence. And he actually always wrapped the present he gives me uh, with what he calls challenges, the biggest, the bigger the challenges, actually, the bigger the gift he's giving me. And some of these people, they go out and go, now that I've conquered, I'm going to go out and help other people realize how they can conquer that and how they can find out how they can do this. Other people, they go out and then they go, now push it aside. And now I'm going to run on that treadmill of society, the mesmerization that I have to be good at something to be good enough or to feel good enough. And suddenly they trapped again. You know, yeah. funny thing. My, all of us, it's, even everyone who's listening, if they can say to me, truthfully, most of the things I did in my life was mainly due to a program that I'm running, which is I don't feel good enough. I don't feel deserving of what I have. And therefore, I'm doing what I'm doing and running after things that are outside external things in order to conquer and prove it to the world that I'm good enough. Mate, they lie. We will do that. Now, some of us come to the realization at some stage and go, no, 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 no. Until I realize I have to be good enough for myself, I'm not living. Confucius used to say, we all have two lives. And our second life begins the day that we realize we only have one. Mm -hmm. And I think that most of us do not really realize we only have one. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. What do you say to that, Daniel? You need more wine. You haven't been. I'm living my best life, brother. Hey, I'm living my best life. Yeah, I think. Look, I think. I think massive on a superficial level. Like, I think um, Daniel touched on it before. Society's groomed us to put work before everything. Mm. That's a lot of the time. Work before family. I mean, that could be. That's another topic you could you could insert word here work before health work before family work before relationship work before and the answer is probably going to be the same in all in all categories 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 
And and that's the thing. What's driven us to the point where we've forgotten that we can't actually go to work and put food on the table if we're dead? But look how right. much we've changed in ourselves over the last 10 years. Like part of 40 the- kilos. When you average it out, that's only four kilos a year. So I can live with that. That's less oh. than that's yeah, average it out. We're good. But we, we had our conference week before last and or whenever it was, and we were all talking about how we've changed in terms of we were joking, like Darren said, the glasses aren't big enough to put phones in now because if the phone rang in the conference, Thomas would put it in a glass of water. You know, that stuff doesn't happen anymore. And I think, you know, everybody's changed. Everybody has changed dramatically and everybody's gone through this massive shift of work is everything even Darren you know like Darren probably the most I remember back 10 11 years ago when I was there how how strict Darren was and that was that was just his thing but I see him now and I think wow he's a different man these days you know look at Stephen Thompson exactly the same you know and I think things happen in life along the way which changes people pardon Stephen Thompson is is in love. You can't talk about a man who's in love like a man. Butchers, butchers put on all the weight that Thompson lost. That's what I reckon. <laughs> <laughs> for every kilo Tomo's lost in the last couple of weeks for his wedding, butchers gained. I guarantee you. Yeah, but look but that's at- my point. No, so even Butch, uh, what's not? I mean, people aren't here, but he's he, not a healthy guy. We're not healthy, right? Because we I fucking remember. work so we work One so day. hard. Darren said to us, he's like, you know what? He's like, why would I? He's like, I love food. I get enjoyment out of sitting down and having a good meal with my wife. Why would I sacrifice that because I'm going to put a little bit of weight on? Yeah. No, but that's not the bit he has to sacrifice, right? Because if he goes and exercises for 40 minutes a day or half an hour a day, he can eat all the food he wants. That's the point. We'd still, it's not gluttony, but we're still having everything we want at the expense of our health, right? Yeah. And they, there's nothing, no one, there's no book that says you have to sacrifice a good meal with your wife. Okay, so we're all like, sorry. sorry, I was just going to say. The reason for we talking about this topic, I mean, I, I believe in what Darren says too. Until I got uh, uh, in front of a specialist who said, "Mate, you can keep on enjoying with your wife, moderation." Mm. Or these are the things that are going to happen to you because you're on that track. So yeah. sometimes I have to make a decision. What I think we're talking about, Daniel, is as much as we love work, when should work take second place to our health? Because right now we're all having work on in the first position. Yeah. Gives us meaning, gives, work gives us a title. We believe we're bigger afterwards. Really, when does work comes come after health? Yeah, yeah. I I don't have that answer because I know but a lot of people who put yeah I do because a lot of people who put their health first are broke. Yeah, but here's the other thing: we're all. <laughs> I was one of those, I was one of those guys. I owned a gym. I know you can tell. I came <laughs> from owning a gym. I was a strength and conditioning coach for twelve years. I used to train three times a day on the fit. I used to. Instructor and for you. People used to pay me $120 an hour to show them how to do a push-up. But and and they all used to come to me with their their excuses. Oh, I can't lose weight. I'm working too hard. I don't have time. I've got to eat what I eat. 
and all the shit that I'm saying now, and I used to yell at them and go, you're full of it. You just got a weak mindset. You fucking don't know what you're talking about. I lived and worked in a gym. It was easy for me to exercise, right, and do the right thing. That's why I said three months of an office job, and it was. It was th- by, by the three months in, I'd put on 10 or 15 kilos, and I was a mess, an absolute mess. <laughs> so no. I, am, I am the living, breathing example of health was first. Health was the only thing. I had $0 in the bank account. I had enough to pay the bills. So then work had to come first. And because work has been first ever since. Stop it, stop it, stop it. But health was your job. Health was number one for you, and that's how you found your wife. Exactly. Yeah, no, I'm just saying this is what, no, oh, mate, I'm not even complaining. I'm trying to answer the question. I see what I see exactly. Why? What, I, so people who put health first, they're all over Instagram. They've got no money in the bank, right? They're showing me their biceps, but they're not showing me the dollar signs. But Show the, me the money. Health, when you were doing health, you was probably still working 15 hours a day. You just happened to be working in the health industry. You know, I was. I was still broke, but I was fit. But you're still working and you're probably spending less time with your wife and your kids and everything else because you were still putting work first, even though it was health. That's a good point, Lou. That's the first one you've made in five weeks. Congratulations. Right. I was working a lot. No, but seriously, we're all agents, right? And on a serious note, the amount of times that I have gone out to list a home, the lovely couple say, yep, we're selling up because we've bought our van and we're going caravanning, touring around Australia. We're taking off for six months. And you hear the horrible story that he retires and a month later or two months, three months, or just before they're about to take off, he dies and has a heart attack, you know, has a heart attack and dies, I should say, because he stops work and his body goes, what the hell is this? You know, um, it, I hear it all the time. And it, most other agents I talk to, it is a common thing. And you know, I think it's because exactly this. We put work first. It's all work, 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 work. We stop. Our body goes, hang on, what do you do with yourself now? What is this? You know, that's the scary thing. You know, I, I, here's another, you know, what? You, know, you all know I love my quotes. I don't send them out anymore as I did every day. But one of the ones I read during the week was work is a rubber ball. If you drop it, it will bounce back. However, the other four balls, which are family, friends, health and integrity, are made of glass. If you drop one of these, it will be irrevocably scuffed, nicked, perhaps even scattered or shattered, sorry, I should say. So when you look at it like that, work, if, if, we, if we lost our jobs today, we could all probably go and find another job tomorrow. But if we lost our health, our family, our friends or our integrity, we got nothing. You know, no, but we all know that, and yet we still don't do anything about but it. First, exactly, Ken. But if you, if uh, we could get other jobs, yes. But if you took work out of that, okay, like you, that ball work, you take that out, and you've got the four left, and you don't have work at all, you're not coming back to it. Do you still get to keep those four though? Ah, uh, that's 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 a wrong way of thinking because you. I don't think that it's about taking work out of your life. I think that work is part of our life. We, we do these kind of things, so it's not, but I, I don't think it's about work. It's about finding meaning. Does work give you the meaning? If it doesn't, then give you stress. If, if it gives you meaning, it doesn't give you stress. I like, there, there are days when I have, I mean, especially for the moment, I have things like from the day, the moment I wake to, to when I, I close my eyes out of exhaustion, the number of things that come, but it's meaning. The minute that you turn that meeting into stress, it doesn't matter what work you do. So it's it's not about work. So you, I think that 
if what what uh, Louise trying to say, Daniel, is that if you drop that ball, there's always another ball, but the other balls is there. So that balls does not define the other four balls, and I, I think that we, we should not uh, have a look at that. I I listen. I I think that you're a genius for for someone who's just 29 year old and who's juggling what you're juggling in life and at work. I go. I mean, this, this is just crazy because I I can't do it. I I. I think that um, if, if something like this happened to me, I'd probably uh, sit down and go, right, how, how long do I want to prolong my life on this planet? Right? How do I find something that gives me fulfillment, meaning? Right? Because if it doesn't give me that, and I wake up in the, on the late daily basis and everything is about stress, I, I, I probably wouldn't be running around after that. And, and so I think that, you know, it's just crazy what you're doing. But, but we're only scratching the surface. We, we, we still haven't got it. Can I just ask you another question? And then I think that Jeff is waiting for us. So I'm going to get him in. COVID. You obviously have a healthy a health situation that is uh, sensitive. Yeah? Yeah. COVID. Uh, how are you thinking? How are you feeling about these things, uh, about catching it, for example? I didn't want to get the vax. I did not want to get it. I was very anti-vax. Why would I want to put something else in my body when I have been pumped full of medications and chemos and all types of things that I couldn't control? Why do I want to put something else in my body? So I'm I'm the COVID, it's a cold. If you get it, you get it. Um, And yeah, I don't have a great immune system. Would I fight it? I hope so. But I am vaccinated only because I wanted to be able to live my life and enjoy it. So I did get the vaccine, but I'm not scared of COVID. It's just, it's not a cold. I think, I think that too many people are scared of it. And then I thought worse. I mean. That's what a great mindset. Let's get our uh, COVID specialist in and uh, maybe, uh, it's time for Cam to give him a bit of a hard time. I yeah. hope he improves his performance from last week, mate. I really do. <laughs> All right, where's the Jeff? Where's the Jeff? <laughs> hey, good evening, Jeff. How are you doing? <laughs> he hasn't even started. Cam, give me a second. Hey, buddy, how are you doing? It's very well, very well. It's, I, I can see the podcast is really improving its style. It, You'll get along very well with Danielle, Jeff. She gave three answers to the same question like you did last week too, and they were all different sides of the fences. So, oh, he's gone. Some of my best work. Where'd he go? <laughs> he heard your voice and he hung up. He's gone. <laughs> he was average last week, the Jeff. He's got to step it up. Hey, He's got to step it up this week. I hope, I hope he's had a good hard look at himself. Daniel, for example, even this podcast gives me a lot of meaning because I get to talk to mates and I get to learn stuff like from you, even from Megan Green, you know, uh, one of our champions here, uh, listening to even her, her mother, her father, the way they, they they have love for each other, the way that they travel the world, even during COVID, I mean, travel around Australia, the way that they just take life lightly, the, the Jeff, for example, knowing his lifestyle, I mean, it gives meaning, even doing it. So I think that life is about doing whatever you can, just to find meaning in every little bit that you can. Yeah. Let's get the Jeff back. 
Yeah. Yeah, mate, your, your system's got COVID, mate. <laughs> no comment. He's still not there. No, he's... He's there, he's there, he's there, he's there. He's, he's, I, can't, I can't run the same joke twice, so... I can't follow him to Jeff. No, you can, you can, because he Wait, has... Wait, I mean, you can say it three times, right? No, oh, no, but you've got to say it a different way and have a completely different answer. It's, it's good to see that we've finally got some credibility coming to your podcast now. As I, I said as I said before you left rudely, Jeff, you'll get her along very well, Danielle, because I asked her a question earlier and she jumped both sides of the fence and answered it three different ways, much like your entire segment last week. So you you two will get along famously. Are well, we protecting, not protecting, we, or uh, we, what are we, we doing with get, this week, mate? Are we, we probably get along famously because she's got a lot of brains and she's got a lot of... Um, Excellence, just her mindset, more than what right. you have. But right. I, was quite, I, was quite appalled. I was quite appalled when I actually see. Did you work all week on that, mate? Or what are you doing? How much time did you spend on that? Literally one second. You could tell. You could tell. But um, it's a very nice, um, it's a very hard story that you had, Danielle, and um, you should be very proud of yourself. Yeah, I think so. So, and, uh, and I think you should be very proud of your parents as well, because I'm sure that you've all gone through quite a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 When 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 a life threatening disease uh, or illness hits you, it, it doesn't just hit you; it hits a whole family, right? Yeah. Jeff, work, health, what is it? Well, you know, you guys talk about your stress. Oh, you me, know, I'm soothed. Why does everyone keep trying to tell me I'm stressed? You know, it stresses me out, Jeff. You. But you love your job. You love I do, it. mate. I do. There's no stress in something you love. It's like saying you're stressed about Crystal. That's not right. No. You love the things that you enjoy. And work is not stressful. No, it's not. That's I haven't said here once work is stressful. Ken. Someone asked me. Someone asked me yesterday, "How do you handle the stress now that you've got three businesses?" And I said it was worse when I was a sales agent. And he responds. Yeah, right. can, I was going to say, can you let him talk? Can you just respond now? Oh, no, now it's my fault. He's asking me a question. <laughs> you can't help yourself. Don't call me a can't. Only... <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. C-A-N, C-A-N apostrophe T. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. Okay. You're, you're slurring your speech again. Okay. Well, let's go back to you, man. Work, health, what is it and why? Well, I think we've got, to, we've got to learn to prioritize. And I don't think we do that very well. I think our time management skills are very poor. And I don't think we prioritize at all. And um, I'm, I'm guilty of that as myself. But I think that's one thing that we should look at. You know, no matter how well and how, how, wealthy you are you can't buy time so we need to learn to prioritize a little bit more effectively when we're at work we're at work when we're at home we should be at home and i think that's really important so um i think sometimes with the advent of all this technology and computers and you know smartphones we take a lot of work home 
and um, we're not really spending enough quality time in uh, family and friends and not and we're blaming work. Yeah. So I think that we just need to prioritize prioritize a few things a little bit more effectively than what we do now. I'm sure that in your time you have met a lot of people who, who have um, encountered life-threatening situations. Um, are they different to Danielle? And, 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 and how is the average person changing their mindset? Well, I don't... You know, I've encountered many people like Danielle over the years because I've worked in hospitals so long. Okay. And, you know, I've, I've encountered that a lot. And um, I, I think that many people have a lot more inner strength than we, you know, um, pay homage to. I think that they are incredibly, incredible people, some of them, and some of them cope extremely well, you know, and Danielle had this horrible Crohn's disease from a very early age. And I've seen other people who have um, childhood diseases yeah. um, have had to live with it and so forth. And it's a very big stress and strain on families. Yeah. Yeah. So we just need to take a little bit more, uh, come back to what I said before, take a little bit more time and prioritize what's important to ourselves in life. Work is important in life for all the checks and balances and pay the, um, and pay the bills, but also life is important. You're up, Jeff. You're all right, mate. You need a hug. Smile. Yes. You're sounding very dour today, mate. Very dour. Dour. Well, you've got a very serious um, subject today. They're always very serious subjects, mate. But you don't take them seriously. I do take it very seriously. But we can't all just sit here and talk like this, you know, for the whole podcast because this is my I time to this is my time to relax, mate. I work bloody hard and at the at the at the expense of my health. All right, so. Do you know what I got? Do you know, guys, do you know what I found really interesting? You know, I like to do a little bit of research with the topics and stuff like that. And I've simply put Give in... yourself a plug. Who? Am I Google? No, you. Giving yourself uh, a plug. Well, I like to research. Well... You know I like to research. Okay, anyway, so um, I put into Google, <laughs> why do people put work before health? But what shocked me is the first 10 or 15 things that came up all was surrounding mental health. So tell me, is it a mental health thing? Like why, why, what is it? What is it? Like Cameron, you've asked the question 16 times. In yeah, this I know. Now you asking it and you're going to claim it as yours because you've done research. I've been asking since the opening credits. And, and But you haven't answered either. Because I've asked you. Maybe, maybe you got more control over work. No, I think I think I, I have answered it, and so has Danielle. I think we're pushed as a, as a uh, society culturally to preference work over health. I think that's. Yeah, I, think, I agree with Cam. I think that's that what it is. Society, work must prevail over health. That's it. And I reckon that a, a few fortunate people get a knock knock on the door and go, "It's not." But most people are going to go to their deathbed, yeah, thinking that work prevails over health. That's it. Yeah. You know, it's funny. Like I, I do a lot of things wrong as a leader, but one thing I do with all my staff, especially if they're gym 
gym junkies and they go, oh, you know, because they're working long hours. I tell them, middle of the day is dead, go to the gym. Have you got two hours there where nothing's happening in the middle of the day? Go to the gym, do your CrossFit, do whatever you want to do. Don't take that out of your life. Make it a part of it and and go for it. You know how many take you up on the offer? Zero. Zero. That's because no, you I don't, don't know whether they can. don't. Sorry, you're not, lead, you're not leading by example. Oh, I did for a while, mate. I had a I had a membership to Anytime Fitness. I went twice and paid the membership for three years. That's all they want in a gym. So, um, no, but that's. I think the point that the Jeff's got is it's right too, like because the, if the leader that doesn't lead by example, like yeah. if you start to do this in the middle of the day, I'm, I guarantee you, everyone will follow you. Mm. They will find it fun. They will find it a, a reason for doing it, and they do a bit more. But the problem is this: I'm an employee, and I want to go and do this. And I, go, I start doing this, but then the leader he doesn't. The rest of the team doesn't. I now feel like I am ostracized from the team. Somehow I, feel, I don't feel like I'm part of the team. You know, mm-hmm. and so very quickly I stop. Mm-hmm. There's going to be some people in the office who look after their health, and some people who don't. So but, let me so. ask this. Let me ask this. During COVID, we gave the staff an option to work reduced hours. Some took it up and some didn't. Some took it up legitimately because they had children and, and, and mostly mothers. Others went, no. And I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna say exactly why, but others said no, we want to work these hours. But how much can I ask, like how much? ego and things comes into the decision to work because some people um some people it's about how much they put in determines not not their happiness but how much people think of them i think it's what thomas just said if if one person in the group wants to go to the gym but five people in the group don't Mm. that one person's going to feel like an outsider for for wanting to do it, right? There's also... Do you think it goes back to being at school? Like, you look at... That's when we start. That's where, like, we know... That's where we learn, right? You go to school and you've got to get top attendance. You've got to get top grades. You've got to, you know, be on time. Don't be late. You've got to do this, 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 and this. We're raised for 12 years of that. So then we go into our working career and that's what it is. You're there on time. You do this, you do this, and that's it. And some people rebel and some people go, screw that. I'm sick of that. I'm sick of being told when and where and how much and how come and because and because. And some people some people stick with that. And some people go, if I don't work 15 hours a day, I'm not good enough. People will think I'm not providing enough. My wife or my husband will think I'm not working hard enough. My kids will think I'm not good enough. You know, some people go through that whole mindset as well. And that's why I'm asking, if how hard is it? Like, for example... I'm a woman and I I would I, I, I work long hours and I went through a time where I couldn't adjust to working less because something in me made me feel if I work less, I was worth less. And so yeah, and so I had to do that mind shift. And it wasn't until along the way people would say, and, and I know it's a, it's a common thing, if you don't, you know, if you don't make time for your wellness, you need to make time for your illness. And I was like, what illness? The illness that'll get you when you burn yourself out. 
and you can't get up off the floor. And I was like, okay. I think we're giving people a little bit too much credit, Lou, because the people we're talking about, like in your shoes or, you know, Danny L's talking about school, they're top performers, right? So top performers are going to have that guilt for not working. Top performers or people who are driven, who don't want to have a mediocre life yeah. are the ones who aren't going to take time. But that's mm-hmm. not only top performers who are going to work and neglecting their health, right? They, there's, yeah. They'll take the reduced hours and still won't go and look after themselves. That's a, that's a completely different thing. We've got to... There's, there's only so many top performers in the world. There's only the top one percent for a reason, and that's that's mm. the people who do forego yeah. a day off, mm. um, because there might be more reward in, in going to work. But um, yeah. so that that feeling isn't going to be across everyone. I've you know we've we've all known people who wouldn't have a care in the world about going home early and and yeah 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 I I I do but. It's like the never-ending question, isn't it? Why do they do that? You know, like what drives? And then we want to, We got a role to play too, because we want to see that in our people, right? We do an opportunity day, and if they go home on time or early, we go, oh shit, not for us, right? And so they stay till. Are you a top performer then? Do you think you're doing a a, a great job being a top performing real estate agent? Um, because you've already demonstrated you've got a lack of leadership skills because you're not leading these people to have a better work-life balance. No, I was just, if you look, if you shut up for a change and let me finish, I was just, I was just digging that hole for ourselves, Jeff, where on a, on a trial day, we, we judge people on when they decide to go home or if they even ask if they can go home. Like Mm. I've had some times where depending on the mood, if someone's asked what time they go home, oh, that's a black mark, you know? So we're, we're breeding it. We breed it much like Danielle said from from school age. We're we're breeding it from the day they come and try it for a job almost in in some instances. So, yeah. what are our expectations? You know, and you know, we should have had we should have had Danielle on a few podcasts ago about giving parental advice, eh? Yeah, yeah. Or listening to the teacher, better idea. Mm. You got a you, you got a bee in your bonnet today, Jeff. I think you're a bit stressed, mate, and I hope it's not at the expense of your health, buddy. No, but Cam, in all seriousness, like think about it. I don't know what you do with your team and whatever, but one thing we implemented with Nothing. our team, and I'm sure there's other- <laughs> Hey, Jeff, fuck off. All right. I haven't once said I was good at anything I did. Not once. Words never came out of my mouth. One word creates mate, so you, much. You, you're throwing, you're throwing uh, stones at someone who's already covered in bruises, mate. It's, it's pointless. Come, come. But I'm soothed. How many times, like we implemented this thing with our team two years, three years, I don't know how long ago. If they got a result, a listing, a sale, they could go home at three o'clock. Okay. Which is all good and well. And they loved it. And everybody took advantage of it. And it was great. And we've seen changes, amazing changes. But we had to realize we had to also, we can't ask them to do anything that we're not first willing to do ourselves. So, if I got a result, that meant I had to go home at that time as well. I found that hard because in me, I was like, well, no, I can't go home. That's ridiculous. It's three o'clock. It's like four hours before my home time. Like, this is not right. But when you're setting an example, what, what was the biggest thing for me in that moment was showing my team that it's family and I get to spend time with my family. And that's why we work hard and we get that result so we can go home at three o'clock because you know, if we're not, we, we make our team go to the parent teachers interviews 
awards ceremonies, sports carnivals, anything, anything. It's almost. Can't wait till my next parent teacher. It's not. Oh a, fuck it's, yeah! It's oh not- fuck yeah! Hey TL, can I knock off early, mate, to go to the next parent teacher? We've <laughs> lost TL, everybody. You know what though? Like I don't know what your stance is on this, but with us, it's not. It's not negotiable. <laughs> if your child has something on, you're there because you've got a team behind you that's there as your backbone that's going to help you. And so, because you know what, you can always get time at work back. You can't get those moments back in children's lives in special events and other things like that. So, you know, it, but it was hard to make that adjustment. Personally, What's your thoughts on that, TL? I'm interested in TL's thoughts on that, right? Because I've got no issue. Sorry, I didn't hear Danielle. Sorry, mate. I can't see you. Can you close the blinds behind you? Jesus Christ. Can everyone calm down? I think that's it's that's interesting though, Lou, because we'll put family first, but we won't put our health first. Yeah, but I think putting our family first is putting our health first because I think you know a lot of what affects my health is the guilt factor of being a mum and and having kids who need me and at certain times I need to be there for certain things. And I know if I miss something that's important or I can't be there at a certain time or whatever, that affects my health more than a cold or anything else, you know. It, it, it doesn't affect my health necessarily. It affects my mental health. And that is what brings me down more than any other bodily illness, you know. Yeah, definitely. I think going back to the opportunity day and the five o'clock thing, though, that's me. I, that's work ethic. Mm. That's you can't like, have it both so ways. You've just had it both ways again. No, what if they're going is, to? What if they're going to the gym? An opportunity day is we are going to see if these kids have what it takes, you know, and they're going to the opportunity about about what is the opportunity about though, Danielle? Is it about work ethic or is it about attitude? It's about both, isn't it? Like you need both. It is. It is. It is. But, you know, you've got to remember you're getting these people there. You're not paying them for the day. You you, you know, you're assessing what yeah. time they turn up, how they dress, yeah. what, their, what their attitude is at the beginning. You know, like I personally, I've let people go at 2 o'clock on an opportunity day because I've gone, no question. No. I let someone go at 10 o'clock the other day because they turned up in skate shoes. So. And well, she had a, she had the rest of the day to spend doing whatever the hell she wanted. So don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> no, but that's it. I mean, it's a, that's that's the point. What I was you can't if we're ingraining that. If we're saying we're gonna we're gonna red flag you because you dared to go home at a reasonable hour and go to your kids or go to your sport or whatever on yeah. the first day. On the first day, we're trialing them out. First day. How do we then? you know, say that we're not creating a culture where work's more important than everything else on the planet. That's maybe something we need to look at. I don't know if I agree with you, Lou, and that's where I was going to TL, and it's not an argument thing, but I don't expect, I 100% agree leaders go first, right? And I'd never ask my team to do something that I wouldn't do, especially in a in a hard work sense. But I don't expect if I'm not going home after a result, right? It's just not happening. It's not what I want to do. I don't want to, right? So, Someone who's got who's very family driven or or would really enjoy that time at home and it's going to help improve their performance, right? But I don't, and that's why I wanted to quiz TL on it. I don't think you have to abide by in in that sense abide by the same rules. See, Thomas, I asked TL. 
I know, I know, I know. <laughs> I, I, I realize. Listen, it's whatever you think. Like, no, I'm not. It is, it's not whatever you think. No, I'm just saying. In, in life, it's about what each person thinks. So mm. it's whatever you think, right? So we, we can't sit here and try and make a rule for everyone. Everyone's got no, to. No, it's not a rule. It's just an opinion, right? So. But do you know, can, Cam, can I ask you one thing? What made you think that you had to go home after a result just because you said the team could? Did you say had to or could? Could. They didn't have to because you know why and you know why I did? Because leadership is an example. It's an action. It's not a title. No, I know that, but I don't want to go home. Well, don't go home. It's not compulsory. Same no, that's what you're saying. But I'm saying, you know what? You lead by example. You and leadership's an action, and it's an example. It's not a title. You're going to show them, and I show my team. You know what? I get a result. I'm out of here. I've got kids at home. They need me as much as you need me, and this office needs me. So when I've worked hard and I've busted my ass that day, and I've got a result, I'm out. Yeah, I wasn't dissing you for going home. Let's get that straight, right? I don't. I don't care. The comment you said was because we made it a rule for the team, it had to be a rule for us. That was the bit I was catching you on, right? I wasn't, mate, I don't, yeah, I just don't, you don't. I'm not dumb enough to say something like that. I'm pretty it's the dumb. The same rule is we make everybody have their birthday off. No one's allowed to come to work on their birthday, including us. See, maybe Louise knows her staff much better than you do, Cam. <laughs> they're giving, what are you they're, they're, reward, they're rewarding. She's rewarding no, I just said, around you. I've got nothing wrong with the rule. My comment was when she said, because the team has to go home after result, I feel like I have to go home after result. That was the only bit I was questioning, mate. I started off by saying I let all my staff do whatever they want in the middle of the day and none of them take us up on it. That's the bit I'm investigating. You don't have to be so negative, Jeff, all right? Yeah, let's, let's, not, let's not go into that too much. Let's, let's ask ourselves another thing. With COVID and what's happened with COVID, where people got oh, me, crumb, oh, and me. have realized that maybe the importance of being around loved ones more important. Uh, many people who've been working like 24 7 have now realized hold on, I can actually achieve a lot and not punish my family. Uh, what is that going to do to work versus health? I think we've got too short of memories. I think everyone's going to be, oh, I want to break free. And within a month, everyone's back into the on the same treadmill, right? I'd... So they're going to do like maybe what Daniel said earlier, which is you can have a life threatening one and then gradually. Yeah, and a minute later, you're back. Back to that same pace as before. Yeah. I think that's, I don't, yeah, I think. And because the herd mentality, right? And the, the pull of the, the pull of the masses is stronger than the pull of the individual. There's going to be too many losers out there who still say, no, you can't be free. You have to stay in your nine to five. And how dare you want to live your life because that's group thinking that's, you know, pull them back. I think that's going to win out majority overall yeah. and, and much like, but if same as with the protests, it started with a small protest that everyone got bagged for. If everyone puts their hand up and says, fuck it, I'm out. Mm. Then maybe there's a mass movement, but. Um, that's, right. that's my let's, opinion. Let's have a look at our last question before we rate our wine so we know whether Cam has lost. Yeah, let's imagine that the five of us here is that we only have one year to live left to live. 
would we do anything different? Let's start with Ken. Hamburgers, baby. Hamburgers. Oh, look, I don't know. Oh, fuck. Right, a question without notice. You know what? Uh, I reckon I'd probably just go to work as hard as I could to make sure the people I was leaving behind were as set up as well as they could when I left. I got no, I got no interest in jumping out of a plane or fucking going on a beach to fulfil some bucket list. But if I'm told tomorrow I've got a year to live, that means the people who I support need all the help they can fucking get from me, and that's. And that's, that's why we put work before help. <laughs> oh, nice, Daniel. Nice, Daniel. <laughs> Very good. Very good. <laughs> the Jeff is loving this. It's yeah. 25 cameras without him being around. Well, what about you, Lou? What would you do? Look, it is a it's a loaded question, I have to say. Um, I want to go to Disneyland. <laughs> no, not at all. But, you know, I... I definitely would change the way, oh, look, I would change a, a, a few things. One of the things is I would probably um, work less and spend more time with the family, definitely. Um, I don't think that I would do a cam and work harder and spend less time and time away from them. I think if anything, I'd probably do the complete opposite. I would go enough I, like I, I can I've set myself up where I can go you know what I'm going to take the year off I'm going to live I'm going to I'm going to have no agenda I'm going to have no diary I'm going to have no appointments I'm going to I'm, I'm just going to what every day brings every day brings and I would probably to the point of selling whatever I could to bring all of them with me and enjoy it and take as many photos and videos along the way and have a good bloody year-long party that's what I'd do <laughs> so why don't you do that now because I'm not got a year to live. Well, how do you know? Well, I don't, and that's the beauty of it. Are you sure you're going to wake up tonight? No. No, I'm just saying. I'm. I reckon that's. I, I'm preempting TL. I reckon that's where he was going. Hmm. Well, would, but you know, that's why. That's why I go home at three o'clock when I get a result cam. I didn't. Yeah, you've still taken offence. There's nothing wrong with going home at three o'clock. I am not taking offence. How? Nothing wrong. Nothing wrong with you. Nothing wrong with. That at all. I was just saying I don't think it because you let your staff do it that you have to do it. That was all. Well, I know, but exactly why I do it is because I don't yeah. know that I have tomorrow. I don't know that I have tomorrow. So when I have an opportunity to go home at three as opposed to staying there till seven o'clock, I'll bloody well take it. No, well, right. what, about my you, opportunity. what about you, Daniel? I'm a bit like Lou. I would still work, but not potentially full time. <laughs> I would still work because I enjoy it uh, but again you need that income to be able to enjoy that last year of your life too so it'd be more of a juggle and a balance I think What about you the Jeff? Definitely would not work Yeah Definitely wouldn't <laughs> He'd get in his combi and drive into the sunset <laughs> Some, something I heard on, on, I don't know where it was, but um, they said, um, what would you do if you woke up next day uh, and you had a million dollars? And so everyone started thinking about lots of things to do. What would you do if you were given $10 million not to wake up? What would, what would you do? Would you take the $10 million? 
you'd take life. Mm. You would do it. So money's irrelevant in this whole scheme of things. Yeah. I'd live life. Live life to the full. Depends on your life. Depends on your circumstance, right? So I've got my kids, my oldest kid's 14. We're not in a position. I haven't set myself up for life yet where I can stop work and and things stop happening. So um, the responsibility to leave them in a better place, you know, that's where the work comes from. Not because I I fucking, you know, no one works unless it's your absolute passion. No one works because they absolutely they, they wake up every morning going, geez, I wish I could go to work instead of going to the beach. That's yeah. But um I I, think, what are you what are you gonna do, TL? Let's hear He's it. cutting me off. He's winding me up. Let's hear it. I probably wouldn't do anything different. And I think that it, it was exactly what Louisa said. It's a loaded question. If if you do, if you're doing something that is fulfilling you in life a year, a day, 10 years left, what make a difference? What change a thing? Because you're doing what you love and what's fulfilling. I, I don't think I would do anything different. The way that you answer is only telling you how much fulfillment you're getting from what you're doing. That's all. So it was a trick question, right? <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to a question. All right. Thank you very much for all of you. Let's have a look at our wine now and see whether Cam has lost so, Ken, you lost twice. Lou, you've lost once. So, if you lose this time, Ken, that's it. You owe every one of us a bottle. Daniel, as a guest, is out. The Jeff, well, the Jeff doesn't come into competition. He's almost like our god, if you will. If anyone comes last other than Louise, I'm stuffed. Daniel, I'm sorry, my friend. Here is the thing. First of all, Louise. Yes. Louis, uh, 2005, the Benboni Cabernet Sauvignon scores an average of 4.3 stars. Oh, I'm going to win, you beauty. I'm going to win. Ken, with his 2018 Carnival of Love Shiraz, scores about 4.2 stars average. Bullshit! I'll show you. I agree on the um, computer too. I'll show you. No, it's meant to be an average. It's something 4.2 is on the computer, you dickhead. The an average, average can't be 4. An 2. average. The yeah. average can't be 4.2 if it's 4.2 on the computer. Wait, wait, wait. Hey, I was just kidding, right? You spoke. Oh, Thomas. 4.4, mother. <laughs> so, and, and Thomas. He scores 4.47. Average. No way! No way! He's lost this week, therefore we are 2-2. Tiebreaker! So what happened to the tiebreaker? Have we ever had a tiebreaker? <laughs> Have we ever had a tiebreaker? No, we never had a tiebreaker. That's See, that creates stress, Luang. You know what? <laughs> Work works a piece of piss, but when you and do this, it's going out the window. All right, and it's all just how you deal with it. It's not really stress. It's not just thing. It's stress. When people keep trying to undermine you, sabotage you, and just you know what, love you, Jeff. <laughs> Thank you so much for today, Danielle. I think uh, you are absolutely a gem, an example to all of us. I don't think that too many people know about the questions that you. Ooh. Yourself every single day, the pain that you push yourself through, everything. 
I'm thinking, Danielle, can you just stop? Anyway, <laughs> to thanking our guest. Uh, so I, I think that uh, you, you need to be uh, to keep on being the shining light. I think mm. your example is just phenomenal. Okay, Lou, I'm very very sorry. Your 2005 has <laughs> has lost you this week. What a waste of money that was. <laughs> hey, bloody beautiful. Hey, 2005 and it's still a four point. What? Oh. But listen, it's a tiebreaker. That's all right. So maybe the winner needs to be decided next week. We're not. Are we next? We're not doing Christmas Eve. It's not Christmas Eve, is it? Oh, we are doing the twenty third, are we? We are doing the twenty third. Did you not listen last week? Oh, I listened week, to a lot of bullshit. Next week is the title. It's going to be like a Formula One thing. It might just be one on the last uh, last lap. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to accidentally crash someone into a wall. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much, Danielle. Thank you. It's Christmas next week. Jeff, can you cheer up, mate, please? <laughs> it's good to see you, Danielle. At least they've got a little bit of talent there now. Oh, thanks, thanks Jeff. <laughs> thanks, mate. Thank you. See you, Danielle. Bye. Bye.